What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the VQ Podcast. My name is Johnny D. Wynn, and today my guest is Paulina Wynn. She is an actress based in Los Angeles. Paulina, thank you for coming on and having this conversation with thank me. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right. So first and foremost, I want to ask you, where where were you born and where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, actually. How okay? How did you, how did your family ended up in Portland, Oregon? Um, you know, it's it's actually kind of a very interesting story. Uh, you know, my mom's side of the family actually they somehow ended up in a camp in Iowa, out of all places, and then somehow mm-hmm. migrated to Portland at some point. Um, and then my dad's family was uh, sponsored by actually a church. So they came over here years later after the after the Vietnam War, and then obviously my mom met my dad, and then here I am. <laughs> but uh, my whole family's out there. Um, my grandpa actually is uh, my my blood grandpa actually passed away, and he was actually um, a a war veteran. Actually, he fought against the Viet Cong. And he was a prisoner of war for 14 years, which is actually insane. Um, and then he passed away a couple years ago. Then my grandma actually remarried to uh, my other grandpa, who is basically my grandpa because he's been around since I was like born. But um, I'm sure, I don't know how familiar you are with Vietnamese music, but my grandpa is um, Thu Gong Phuong. He's the singer. I don't know if you know who okay. that is, but um, anytime I go to the nail salon, I'm like, yeah, that's my grandpa. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's your grandpa. But they're all in Portland. That is, well, <clears throat> I do, I am on a mission to kind of learn a lot more about the songwriters from uh, the Nyak Bang era yeah. specifically, yeah. Uh, because I don't, I'm pretty sure your grandpa mentioned this, but a lot of, um, after the fall of Saigon, uh, all their music, their physical copies of their music was destroyed by the, um, by the incoming government. I did not know that. I mean, he's still, Yeah. I don't, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I know like, He's done a lot of stuff. He's written a lot of songs and he's done a lot of music. He was on Paris by Night a couple of times. So, yeah, they're all in Portland. Well, Paris by Night is one of the programs that was able to really um, revitalize or celebrate the music that was meant to be destroyed. Mm. So um, they've that's why they are. it got so popular by the immigrant generation and even got so... It, it, it got even more, it got popular even in the country of Vietnam, even though it was banned. So was banned. Um, there are a lot of documentaries that are coming out with songwriters are <clears throat> from that generation. Uh, one that I'm actually going to this coming Saturday, it's a documentary about a songwriter by the name of Ivan, who does a lot of, has, has hundreds of songs that um, about that time. Wow. So, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. It's, that's going to, that's, Besides a lot of music that I promote, which are um, new emerging artists from um, the American-born Vietnamese, I do also have an interest in the historical mm. side. Um, there's a documentary about the impact of new wave music for pop uh, for within the Vietnamese community that's coming out. Um, also, I believe later this year. So there's there's in terms of just the subject of music and history, um, there's a lot of cool things that are in the pipeline. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, then my follow up question to that, how was it like growing up Vietnamese in Portland, Oregon? Were there other in your school, were there other Vietnamese that were uh, at, yeah, at, at, in and around you or how, how were you able to stay connected to the, um, uh, your Vietnamese identity? Uh, you know, surprisingly you know when people think about portland they just they at the top of their head just think oh it's primarily all white population um but i was really blessed um because i grew up in a very uh prominent uh, vietnamese area and very yeah very much so a lot of laotian sorry what city is that uh portland oregon in the rose city district actually. Um, there was a whole community of Vietnamese, Laotian, and Cambodians, actually, very much so. Um, and then my family was, uh, I grew up Catholic. So, uh, you know, there's a huge Catholic Vietnamese community in Portland. I mean, it's there's like a huge church there, it takes up the whole entire block. 
So um, I did grow up around a lot of Vietnamese, um, a lot of Vietnamese folks. I have a really big family growing up. Um, and yeah, so like, and the school that I went to, again, predominantly very much Vietnamese, uh, Laotian, a lot of Ming uh, population as well. Um, and just a very diverse community. I'm, I was very grateful to have grew up in that because I don't think my knowledge of music and, and pop culture would be as vibrant as it is now, you know? So very grateful to have been able to experience that for sure. And then I got, I got to follow that up with how is your, um, your, your Vietnamese speaking, um, <laughs> they have, <laughs> how would you rank that? Uh, you know, back when I was younger, it was definitely a lot better than it is now, just because I had a lot more uh, people to speak it with, you know, because out here in Los Angeles, I don't, I don't have any family out here. So like, I don't have anybody to speak my native language with. Um, and then my both of my parents, they both speak English to me. Um, so I would say now, not so great, um, but I am going back to Vietnam actually next month or no, in July. So hopefully it'll be brushed up a little bit more, but I feel like once I get thrown back in, like I'll pick it up immediately. But like for an audition, for any kind of work, I immediately call my dad and I'm like, hey, how do I say this? Because <laughs> like, I don't, I don't remember, you know. Well, there definitely were some pretty big projects here in Los Angeles that were casting for um, native speaking Vietnamese or um, or Vietnamese, uh, not even native, but like just have, being able to speak the the the, the language. For sure. So for sure, it's great. Um, I I'm so happy to see these opportunities come up. You know, because I mean, ten years ago when I moved to Los Angeles, there wasn't really a uh, a lot of opportunities for Vietnamese, you know, actors. Far yeah. from it. I, I actually, that you just touched on something about 10 years ago was when I started off in Hollywood as an actor. Really? Um, before I, yeah, and I actually was casted in, by chance, I was casted in Fast and Furious Tokyo what? Drift. What? That's amazing. Um, <laughs> got to be, because of Asian generalizing, like all Asians are the same. Right? Um <laughs> My character that I got casted for because uh, was a ja an extreme Japanese kind of like skinhead type okay. of guy, and the caster just didn't even care to ask if I was Japanese or not. He just saw an Asian guy who had a badass teenage story, like a rebellious story, mm. fits the profile, looks good with blonde hair. Boom, you're it. And um, when we got on set, uh, the marketing team from Japan came and were like. Uh, none of these actors are Japanese. <laughs> like, how do we market this film in Japan without Japanese actors, mm -hmm. but it was too. It was a little too late. Um, our sh our big action scenes were already shot, and uh, I got to you know the mistake from casting. That's hilarious. <laughs> I got to, got to be a part of it. So that's my little fun um, story about. Um, uh, my acting experience in, uh, in Hollywood, but, um, now kind of the transition to that. So let's talk about, um, your journey as an actress. So was that something you, you know, growing up in Portland was like, how did you develop your interest into becoming an actress and then finally making the move out here to Los Angeles to pursue that? Oh gosh. You know, I think, um, I think I always knew at a really young age, like I was already kind of doing it and not realizing that I was doing it. You know, like when I was like six or seven years old, I'd be playing with all of my cousins and I would make up these like scenarios that were like very specific and very dramatic. Like it'd be like, okay, we're, we're fleeing from the village and they're after us and I'm your mom and you have to pretend like you're really sad and we have to separate and like, I would make my cousins sit and like listen to me do like a pretend speech, you know, and like, and then my mom saw that I was like really interested in acting and she put me in like this uh, summer theater program in Portland. And that was like the first time I ever kind of got bit by the acting bug. And then, you know, as I got older, you know, I got a little distracted by, you know, boys and all those things. And it wasn't until I graduated high school I went to college and I realized 
I was like, wow, like, I'm really not happy. Like, this is, uh, this is not what I want to do at all. I always knew in my heart that I always wanted to be an actor. Like, I always had that, you know, vision for myself. And it wasn't until I moved out of Portland, I actually moved up to Seattle. I totally lied to my dad because you know how Asian parents are. They're very like, you need to have a plan and all these things. And I remember telling him, I'm like, all right, well, listen, I'm going to move to Seattle and I'm going to go to UW and I'm going to get a journalism degree and become a broadcast uh, news reporter, you know, because that's kind of like the same thing. You're in front of the camera. But like deep down, I was like, I'm not doing that. Like it was a total BS lie. Um, I ended up moving there and I got an agent out there and I did a bunch of indie films, uh, commercials, and I think that's when it kind of started to hit me. Like, I was like, wow, like, I can actually do this, you know? And when you have enough people uh, tell you, you know, that you have a talent or that, you know, that you're funny or that you have something, you know, you're like, oh, wow, you know, I never had this validation growing up in, you know, an Asian American family. But when you have people that are finally telling you that, it kind of gives you that drive to finally go for it. So then, you know... Mm-hmm. I packed up all my stuff, I put it in my car, I sold everything, I had my two dogs, I moved down to LA, and it's been a wild wow. journey. So you, your journey was exactly just like a lot of, like you literally got rid of everything and just came and drove all the way down, down Yeah, here. it was just like everything I owned was in my Yaris, you know, and I had my two dogs, and I moved into a house with a bunch of jujitsu guys that I didn't even know, which... Looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, because like, I think I was just in this mode of like, yes, saying yes to everything because I I was so delusional and I believed in myself so much. And like, you kind of have to be in order to get down here and like do it, you know? Absolutely. Have yeah. To be. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> Let's, let's, I mean, I got to unpack the first year of Los Angeles because I, I live in Orange County and, and I venture to LA and I'm always mentally prepared for LA. So, but coming, to, coming there, did you have any friends out here or was it just like, I, what were your, what were like out I here? didn't know anybody. I literally knew no one. Uh, like the, the jujitsu guys that I lived with who was, a mutual friend that I had met when I was working at 24 hour fitness doing front desk. And he was like, you're moving to California. And I was like, yeah, do you know anybody that would let me crash, you know, just for like a month or two until I get settled in? He was like, yeah, I know these guys, they do jujitsu, you'd be safe. And, um, they wouldn't charge you for rent. And I'm like, cool. You know? So what? Yeah. And I'm, you score? It was crazy though. It was crazy because I ended up moving in and I lived in the living room with a mattress on the floor with another mattress propped up and then like a screen. And if you go on my Instagram, I actually have it posted on my Instagram. It's actually crazy. And um lived there for about a I'm month. Moving. It was wild. It was wild. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then how did you what was your journey like kind of going through the act the the audition process did you already have like your did you have your agent already kind of booked or like how take me through that part well you know it's kind of crazy because when i moved to la i didn't have a plan and i don't think you can have a plan you know i feel like anybody that moves here it's kind of like you're figuring it out as you go I didn't have an agent. Um, at the time, I was um, so I used to be a, a dancer, a B girl, break dancer. I did it for seven years. So like, I did have a community here, but I didn't know anybody, you know. Um, and I think immediately when I got here, I kind of just I started looking for like side jobs, you know, like work that I could do to make extra money. I went and took headshots, and then I did end up getting a commercial agent um, for dancing, for dance, for break dancing, actually. And then, you know, obviously I don't think I had any, like, I didn't start to see any real progress of like, in terms of like what I wanted to do in terms of like TV and film until maybe 
let me see, four or five years in, you know, because yeah. the, the first four years was figuring it out. Where do I work? How do I make a living? Who are my actual friends? Where can I park my car where I'm not going to get a parking ticket? You know, what area is safe for a woman like me to live in, you know, and like, that was all just figuring it out. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, like the first four or five years of living in LA for me were very hard, very difficult. You know, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations. You know, one of my dogs got hit by a car, you know, I had a really shady manager, you know, basically try to manipulate me and tell me like, well, if you sleep with me, I'll give you these, these roles. And like, you know, anything that you would think that an actor would go through living in LA, like I feel like I went through, you know? Um, but then it was like 2018, I think, I started taking classes at this place called Stan Kirsch Studios and um, met Stan Kirsch, uh, one of my favorite acting coaches I ever met. And I think once I started training with him, things just kind of changed for me. You know, um, but I did a lot of training. Like my whole goal living in LA was I wanted to be very good at my craft. And the only way to do that is to take classes and train. And I was doing comedy, you know, for three years, I volunteered and, and volunteered at a comedy theater for free for two years to exchange for free classes. I... From there, I was able to find a comedy community. I did stand-up. I studied scene study. I did cold reading. I did everything I could to be so good that no one could say no to me, you know? And I still stand by that to this day. Like, I'm still working on my craft. I always think that that's the most important thing for an actor. But once I started getting really confident in my work, that's when I started kind of booking more roles and then my, you know started meeting more people. And then obviously two years ago, I booked my first reoccurring guest star. And that was probably the last big thing I've ever booked network wise. So we're going to dive into that particular series. Um, but were there any other notable um, projects that you want that you would say kind of you learned a lot from or like you would like to share? Yeah, you know, I let me think. In terms of like experience and and going through the auditioning process, uh, 2018 was probably one of the best years I had like as an actor. Um, I had booked like three feature films that year. Uh, I booked a web series. I booked, you know, several shorts. And I think uh, the first film I booked as a lead you know, because I had never booked a lead role before in terms of like a feature, you know, um, it was always like the supporting role, you know, because being Asian American, you think like, I'm never going to be the lead. I'm not going to book a lead role, you know, and it wasn't until 2019 I booked actually an action film with DMX and the movie itself, you know, obviously wasn't wasn't the best project in the world but in terms of experience and what i got out of it it was incredible you know um i mean it was your first lead role it right? was my first lead as like the female you know antagonist antagonist you know okay. so like it, that was amazing and 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 not only that like i had gotten the script literally two days before we started shooting and that, that, I mean, that's oh. unheard of. That sucks. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this as like a really extreme actor boot camp. <laughs> and we shot that film in six days. Full feature yeah. film? Yeah, wow. because that production company, they, they do that, you know. Um, but I learned so much just from doing that. Um. I think boot camp was probably the best way to describe yeah. what you just what you went through. For so sure. cool. For sure. Thanks for bringing that up because that ultimately prepared you for 
your 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 biggest project, which was the reoccurring. Um, so Power Book Four Force. So is the I believe third spinoff from the original series Power. Uh, Force actually exactly fourth spinoff. Four Force spinoff. Sorry. No, no worries. And um, I followed along actually the original Power series because I'm a huge Fifty Cent fan, and um, it was during the season one when Empire um, was doing well on network television, but um, 50 Cent had to share his opinion that the real um, street hustle is um, his power. <laughs> and I bought into that from a marketing standpoint. And I, you know, I like both shows for different reasons. I, um, I came, f you know, I, I come from a musical background, so Empire really spoke to me in that respect. But the, the way power was presented with the the dynamic actors and the characters, um, uh, it it really drew me in. So I, it is intense though for those who are not who do who, who are is not familiar or not familiar with Power. It is an intense series. It's a drama, right? But uh, let's let's talk about um, your character Mai, and maybe you can give um, the audience a little bit about what Power um, Power Four Power Book Four is and what the premise of the world that it takes place in? Sure. Um, so if you are familiar with the original Power series, you know, it went on for many seasons. It was very popular. People loved it. Um, and so 50 was like, hey, let me make some spinoffs off, of off of the original Power. Um, so the one, the fourth spinoff is actually based on Tommy's character. Um, and Tommy plays, uh, the best friend in the original uh, Power, as you guys know. And he's a fan favorite. People loved his character. Um, and so they did a- he, is, he has a lot of different beats for sure. Yeah, so <laughs> they did a whole spinoff on his character and it takes place in Chicago instead of New York. So, um, and they're already, I think they're already on their, they wrapped their second season. Um, wow. yeah, their second season's about to premiere, I think in the fall and if all goes well, they'll, you know, start filming the third season. I mean, if we get over this writer's strike, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very popular show. Um, I was really blessed and very grateful to have been on it, you know, um, cause like I had heard about power, obviously I never watched it. And when I got the audition, I remember binge watching the whole entire first season and being like, Oh my God, this is freaking amazing. You you had to, if I was auditioning for power, I was already a fan. I, I would have binged every, every episode just to prepare. Yeah. Cause, um, and also knowing that they incorporated uh, a Vietnamese character, a Vietnamese American character, right. Into, um, into this, uh, uh, into this universe. Yeah. Which was like, Totally not even in their plans, by the way. Uh, okay, so yeah, let's talk about the character Mai and uh, give us a little background on her and how how did the Vietnamese part come? Sure. About um, so, you know, originally when the audition came through, um, her name was not Mai, um, and they originally actually was looking for Southeast Indian. They wanted Southeast Indian. Um, but they saw everybody, you know, they saw black, they saw Asian, they saw Latina. They even saw anybody who identified as LGBTQ, which I thought was really cool that they did that. Um, and then obviously I got the audition and I impressed them, you know, and got the call back. And then the showrunner, Munich, yeah, yeah, and the, show, and the showrunner was like, you know what? let's make this character Vietnamese because you're Vietnamese. Um, and then they changed her whole name. They gave her a Vietnamese name, uh, which I thought was really, really respectful in terms of like, you know, my cultural background and representation because there are no Vietnamese characters in the power universe at all. Uh, I want to make a comment there. Um, if uh, the film that I was <laughs> on, if, 10 years ago, if they didn't make that, <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's, it's quite developed. It, it's evolved since in terms of making sure the cultural sensitivity and accuracy 
is there. So. Which I think is great. But I think it's great. It's great. Shout out to that casting director because I ended up getting the job anyway. Right. But, you know, I also, you know, have some thoughts about that as well. Uh, because I feel like as an Asian, per as an Asian American actress, you know, living here in LA and pursuing a career in Hollywood, there are so many barriers already set up, you know, for black indigenous people of color. And when casting is too specific, I feel like it's, it kind of hinders us a little bit because we've already have so many boundaries set up for us, right? And you see other ethnicities and cultures being open and being able to play other ethnicities. So why can't we do that as well? You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, like for me instance, I've played Filipino before um, because I have been told that I can pass as Filipino. You know, I've also seen, I mean, I know this was like a long time ago, but like you see, you know, white passing actors do it all the time. You see Irish actors play, you know, Italian or, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, why can't we do that as well? So I, I feel like it's good and it's bad. Um, but I, I do feel like sometimes it does create walls for us still, you know, even though we already have so many against us already, if that makes sense. I, no, it, it does. And I respect that, um, <clears throat> that opinion. It's, I think from the perspective of marketing, I think the, the lens that I was, uh, seeing it on the Tokyo Drift <laughs> side, it was the Japanese marketing, uh, department that came and was like, we, none of these bankable names we don't have anything to kind of to and and the film is in is it takes place in tokyo right. but yeah we can't so that so there there are some um, elements that you know besides just who can do the job and who can do it well to um, how the community is going to receive it totally. you know like uh like the hbo sympathizer the show that's going to be coming out in uh, 2024 there's a lot of talks about that like you know because they're at the time, there were challenges in finding a Vietnamese French actor, right, who was going to play the lead role, and um, and and it had to be of a certain you know look and feel and all this stuff. So it was, uh, uh, if they cast it outside of Vietnamese, how would the Vietnamese community have responded to that? So there was there's a lot of um, uh, there's there's a lot of those elements that come into play when it's packaging and presenting it to the uh, perspective uh, audience. Totally. And I think it also depends on, you know, the project as well. You know, I think the sympathizer is very much like historical, right? So we do have to be very specific. Uh, but I know Sandra Oh is in that. I don't know if she yeah. plays Vietnamese, she plays but... Um, she plays a Oh, Korean she thing. does. Oh, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. They, they, <laughs> around, so I know a lot of the... Um, the uh, I think cultural um, uh, like consultants and um, different production it's folks that are on there. I actually auditioned for that project twice. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot. I was a uh, I was given I was given a part, even though I don't act anymore. Um, and, That's great! Uh, wow, was, you got an offer! I, wow, look at that! But I turned why well, I, I turned it down because they wanted me to to gain ninety pounds oh. and uh, and then keep it on for uh, a full year, and I'm. I, I talked it over with my wife and was just, I can't. 90 pounds <laughs> is a lot. It's a lot. And just the, 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 the challenge of getting to that point and then maintaining it and then looking myself in the mirror and go, you know, and feeling good about yeah. myself for it was, it, it was a challenge. So they did find somebody closer to that weight, which I thought was a better choice. Okay, and, uh, good. and I'm going to, I prefer to be on this side of the lens and just interviewing him and the rest of the cast but um i from the trailer it looks absolutely amazing I and i think it's gonna be to see it and i'm 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 like so excited for us you know great absolutely so let's let's dive into this badass character <laughs> Mai, right like i i, I you know she she any every time i read i read up about the character it's always it's she's she's it's the only way to describe it is badass so how would you describe Mai and how does she 
how is she integrated in this in, in this world and her relationship to Tommy in this um in the series? Well, you know, I think uh my is you know when you're how do I say it without I think she was in a little over her head. Uh, you know, because the drug game is no joke. The drug game the, the, is the, no the drug joke. game is no joke, especially and and Chicago, like which is a character in itself. Yeah. Right? And like the thing is she came, you know, she came from a background where her family didn't have a lot of money, you know, and then now she's in this very powerful position. And I think when you have worked so hard to get to a place where you didn't wasn't given to you, you know, I, I feel like you you can walk around with this like I can do anything kind of energy, you know, and I think my had that, you know, that's why she was such a badass. That's why she was like, you know what, I, I have a vision, I see it, I'm gonna go and get it. And um, I think when she did try to get it, things got in a little over her head, you know, she got her ego got a little big. Um, and was she, the, was she on the same side with Tommy or she was competing against Tommy? There was, so there's another, there's a, another regular on the show. Uh, her name is Lily. She plays, uh, Claudia and Claudia. Okay. That's the other. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, and Claudia comes from a very rich, wealthy Irish, like mob family, um, who basically owns the drug game in Chicago. Right. Um, and my knew that. So my was like, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet this girl and I'm going to get her to distribute my drugs. So that's basically Mai's character. She had, she, she, she's like head of a, a, a big pharmaceutical company. And she has like this, she had like this very new crazy drug that basically she introduces into the power universe in Chicago. And Tommy gets information on this from Claudia. And basically what's happening behind the scenes is that Claudia, I, I get a sense that Claudia's uh, trying to play a game, trying to pull something against me. And her and Tommy basically link up and they work together. And I call her out and I get really mad and obviously emotions run high and things happen. <laughs> Was there um, was there uh, any kind of chemistry between you and Claudia, the character Mai and Claudia? Um, well, you haven't seen it, right? You yes. haven't seen it. Okay, no. I I don't want to ruin it for you, but basically, Claudia plays my lover on the show, and wow, really interesting dynamic. Yeah, so basically, character. I come into it knowing who she is. And I basically seduce her with this crazy drug and my looks. And I'm like, hey, let's be partners. Let's work together. I think I saw the trailer in that part. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, hey, let's work together. And then, um, you know, with the drug game, people get a little power hungry. They get a little greedy. They get a little impatient. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel for my. She really wanted it to work out. And it just didn't work out in her favor. Let's just say that. <laughs> well we prior to this particular show have you ever made um a trip to chicago no it was my first time first time and how long did you end up staying uh i was out there for almost four months four yeah. months okay so because uh, with the original power series they did such a good job of showing kind of the drug game in um in in new york um did you do any kind of deeper research in Chicago as a whole. So to kind of understand um, how tough like Chicago is. Yeah, you know, I, I'm i very much a, a, a researching actor, um, which is so funny that you asked me that because I feel like that's really important to the work, you know? Um, and I obviously have watched a lot of shows that took place in Chicago. Like I used to watch Shameless freaking love shameless um but yeah i read up a lot about chicago crime and like you know because I, it, it talks about how my comes from that background 
you know? Right. So you, you kind of have some of the, the um, kind of like a, the Chicago vibe or the, uh, the, 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 some of the slangs and the speaking styles, right? Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't really look into that actually. I just kind of looked up like the neighborhoods like, and, mm-hmm. but that one, maybe I should have, <laughs> maybe they wouldn't have killed me off. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess for me, I always like, you know, I, I know that a lot of Asian Americans like who are like from the South or from Texas or from like New York, you don't really hear a lot of us having a lot of that accent. So I just was like, you know what? Mai doesn't have it. She doesn't have it. She she grew up Vietnamese. Like she probably doesn't talk in a Chicago accent. Like I, so I don't think I, I wanted that dynamic with her, you know, but really good question to ask. Maybe I should have. <laughs> that is also Pride Month right now. And Mai's character being LGBTQ, like, um, what was the, I guess, general re- uh, reception of her character um, from the from that particular community? And was it easy for you to play um, a, a LGBTQ character? Yeah, you know, I, I, consider myself as somebody who is a part of the LGBTQ community. And honestly, it was a blessing for me to be able to represent that. Um, I don't know if a lot of people in the LGBTQ community watch power um, because I didn't really get a lot of like fans from that community as much as I I thought I was going to. Um, But it wasn't hard for me at all, you know. I I'm happy to do it. I I want to represent for the LGBTQ community, especially being someone who is Vietnamese and first generation. I know that for a lot of people that probably wasn't easy growing up and and coming out to your Vietnamese parents, you know. Um it wasn't easy for me even, you know, telling my mom when I was 16 like, "Hey mom, I think I might be bisexual." And like hearing her reaction, like, was also very traumatizing, you know, but like now I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm, I'm very happy to like speak that truth, you know, and like, everyone in my family knows, you know, and, and they don't, they don't judge me. And if they do, you know, I, I, I don't care. You know, I'm very much like I'm living in my truth. I'm happy to do it. And I, I don't have a problem with it at all. And I have a lot of friends who are in the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community. And like, I'm I'm happy to represent, you know. So kind of jumping to that and we talk about family, like, okay. So my character is a badass. Power is an intense series, like I said. Um, we as Vietnamese like to sh- brag to our parents about our work. Um, <laughs> have your family watch the series and what was their reaction to seeing you as my? Uh, you know, it's really funny that you asked me that because people would be like, oh yeah, no, Vietnamese people don't watch Power. But my whole entire dad's side of the family, they all watch Power. Yeah, they all watch it. Um, And that's because (laughs) it's really funny because like when I tell people I grew up in Portland, they just, again, going back to like envisioning, oh, like you probably grew up in a very predominantly white neighborhood. But like for me, that wasn't true. Um, My family on my dad's side, you know, I don't know if you remember this like era it was like maybe like late 90s, like early 2000, mid 2000s. There was a very big like Asian gang population in Portland. There still is. Um, in Portland, yes, absolutely. There still is. And a lot of my aunts dated those Asian gangsters. So I grew up with a there was a um the og of vietnamese rap vietnamese american rap is a guy named Ty exactly G. and i um, know exactly who you're talking about because and the track that he made popular vietnamese was gang. Vietnamese gang. <laughs> it's a vietnamese gang that i bang with and like my uncle my aunts like they all hung out with him they all knew him like it was a very small community so like 
I'm very versed. You know, I grew up listening to 50 Cent, like because my aunts and uncles were very big on listening to hip hop music and all that stuff. So like they all watch Power. They're very familiar with the show. Um, my mom's side of the family, not so much. But yeah, they all watched it. When I booked the role, they were all very excited for me. You know, um, my dad obviously hasn't seen it. And I don't want him to see it because it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's intense. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. So did they, were they able to separate Paulina from my? You know, my sisters watched it and it was hard for them because I do have like an intimate scene there with Claudia and they were kind of like, gotcha. it was really hard for me to watch it. But like, you did good though. You did your thing. And I'm like, thank you. Um, so I don't know if they were able to separate. I feel like it's hard for any like family member or friend to like see your friend who like, you know, is your homie, like naked. You're like, whoa, like, I don't know if I can see that. But other than like the, the intimacy scenes, like, they were all very impressed with my work and, and, and very happy for me. So, I mean, Power is a big show and I'm, again, very grateful to have been on it. Talking about jumping into the deep end, we talked about boot camp earlier and then <laughs> jumping on to Power and to do, you know, for most actors, I feel it's very vulnerable doing an intimate scene, right? And your first big reoccurring, you're like, gotta do it, gotta make it happen. So was it, what was your, what was your thought process going into that particular scene? in preparing for it? You know, when I came to Hollywood, I remember always telling myself that I wasn't comfortable being naked, right? And, and I think as I've matured as an actor and as an artist and like have gone through a lot of the, my own healing in terms of like, you know, who I am as a person and finding my own individ individuality, I realized like being naked is, you know, just such a taboo that was created in my family just because, like, I was raised Catholic. It's very conservative. And, I, I, you know, I don't consider myself somebody who practiced Catholicism anymore. And I now practice my own spiritual beliefs. And for me, being naked is, it wasn't a big deal for me at all. You know, like for me, I was like, you know, like there's nothing wrong with being a beautiful woman. And like, we're all human. We're all, you know, we're all being sexually active. We're all intimate. We all love each other in different ways. Like, and I think once I got past that, being naked on set was actually like very liberating for me, to be honest. Um, wow. I was obviously very, very nervous. Um uh, but like they were very respectful. Um, it was a closed set. They had an intimacy coordinator. Uh, Lily, who played, you know, Claudia, was very sweet about the whole thing. It's, it wasn't her first time being naked. I was just going to ask, was that her first Not time? Not at all. Game? So like she was, you know, very, very sweet in, in introducing me and helping me feel comfortable. She even showed me like this really funny um video i don't remember what year it was but it was like a pre-oscar like an oscars like opening uh musical that they did a couple years ago and it was called it was like i saw you naked and it was like a bunch of gay boys uh singing about how they had seen all these famous actresses naked and it was like kate winslet i saw you naked it would point the camera at kate winslet point the camera at charlie Theron. And I remember her showing me that and afterwards she was like, do you feel better? And I was like, wow, I didn't realize how many very talented, very Oscar nominated winning actresses have been naked on screen. Even Lucy Liu has been naked. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I actually feel fine. I don't feel nervous about this at all. So it was actually a very liberating experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I want to go back to, uh, because we, we mentioned him earlier and he's such a, um, it, this is his show. What was it like working with hip hop legend 50 Cent? Oh, right when you said that, I just got goosebumps. Um, I grew up listening to 50 Cent. I mean, when Get Rich, Die Trying came out, I remember listening to that on my Walkman walking home from school i think i was like 10 which is like i know it's a little young to be listening to it but like 
I loved it. It was, I mean, everybody knew the words, you know? So being able to work on a project, you know, produced by him was, I mean, it's, I mean, till this day, I, I sometimes will like, it'll pop up in my head. I'm like, what did I actually do that? You know, like, cause like, again, I grew up, listening to a lot of hip hop music. I break dance for like seven years. Like I'm very, you know, very much versed in hip hop culture. So meeting him was like insane in itself. I, I remember meeting him for the first time and I couldn't even, ha I, words weren't even coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but like, honestly, a dream. It was a dream. The closest I got to 50 Cent was actually to his artist at the time, um, Lloyd Banks and Tony okay. Um And it was an interesting meet because um, his company were looking for, I was involved in a, 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 a modeling agency at the time where I was um, one of the um, coordinators. And so they invited us out to 50s and M&M's tour oh, yeah. at the time. But I was, I was hoping to meet 50, but I ended up meeting uh, his, his boys instead, uh -huh. but either way, it was still a really cool experience because we were, um, we were invited to their big, their, their, their big concert and got to see him, but, um, didn't really get a chance to, um, meet, meet the legend himself. So that was, uh, for, so when, how involved is he on set? Um, you know, I didn't see him much on set, but like he had came to Chicago and he actually took out the whole cast to the sugar factory. So 50 okay. Cent took us to the candy shop. <laughs> and um, it was amazing. But, like, I don't think he, he wasn't so much on set when I was there. But I feel like he's pretty in involved in terms of, like, picking who he wants to be on his show. Because we had talked about it at dinner. Like, I think it was Gabrielle. Uh, she had asked him like, oh, like, did you, did you watch our tapes? And I remember him saying like, why do you think you're here? <laughs> so I do feel like he's pretty involved in terms of like picking who he wants to be on his show. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's the executive producer. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to have it, it, you know, he, he beefed with um, Empire and said that uh, he was going to outlast them and we we see who ended up ruling that job. He wasn't wrong, I guess. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. He definitely wasn't. So I want to talk about um, your. I, I want to talk about AAPI Month because um, I want to get to know your relationship to the identity, right? So like you lived out here in Los Angeles for ten years now, and uh, you know progressively, um, when it came time to when it came to May. What, which was AAPI month, do you feel it is progressively like it got, there's a lot more activity or more, more awareness of AAPI month? I, yeah, totally. I, you know, I always felt like it's so crazy because like, you know, throughout my years of living here, I never really felt like I was, I guess, Vietnamese. You know, like, I know I'm Vietnamese. That's my culture. I come from that, you know. But, like, I never felt like I had a place, you know. And I feel like as the years have progressed, you know, more opportunities have come out for us. Uh, you know, there's more communities that are throwing events, you know. Uh, there's just and, and there's a lot of, like, and then also with the whole Asian hate thing, I think that really, you know, added more to us, you know, uniting together. Uh, and like, honestly, what I really want to see more too is I want to see, you know, not only just the community, the Asian American community unite, but I think it would be really fucking, excuse my French, really fucking beautiful if, you know, not only just the Asian communities but like the black community the latino community like if we all just came together like imagine how powerful we would be together you know i feel like there's sometimes still somewhat of a divide um but i do feel like yeah i feel like living here i, I i've seen a lot more than i ever have which is uh gives me a lot of hope gives me a lot of hope
there's definitely a lot of divide and there's a lot of, as I'm, I've been doing my work here at VQ Media, um, as I'm trying to understand a lot more, um, my first journey was to get to connect all the different diaspora communities. So outside of just California, Vietnamese, can, I also connect with the Vietnamese Canadians. And then the, the most fun I have was connecting with all the Vietnamese Europeans, mm. which have every one of those countries have a very different story and getting to know them. So um, that's my, my main mission is to first connect with all of them and then find some common themes that we can come together uh, on how to build a more global community. And then the bigger journey, uh, the bigger ch um, mission is to connect the Vietnamese diaspora community with the Vietnamese from the motherland themselves, mm. because there's, there is a huge cultural differences um, and also a lot of friction at times in certain topics um, that could, that, that although we all are Vietnamese and we share that blood, but there are, there's, there are some very hot button topics that will still keep us segregated in our own perspective community. Yeah. And I, and it's, I don't, I, yeah, totally. I see that. And it's a, uh, I, I will say I've gotten, I've gotten beaten up a couple of times, like, um, uh, through older generations, not understanding my mission. I've been misunderstood by younger Vietnamese by, um, uh, saying that I empathize or let me rephrase that sympathize a little bit more with the Vietnamese from Vietnam and then other other ways around like um so there's there's a lot of things in my position are where i get criticized for um not being too much on one particular side so um it's been it's been quite a journey but i i welcome it and i enjoy it and uh we we in the next three to five years i feel there will be progress and change um but i just got to keep keep at it you know so with that being said i do want to um uh uh ask if you've ever come and um, visited down here to Little Saigon in Orange County, where there is that large like pocket of Vietnamese, um, uh, you know, in one concentrated area. I have, I have actually a couple times and I love it. The food is so good. Well, the food tourism is definitely where you got to come. Uh, I mean, the food in to the food in Orange County, when it comes to Vietnamese, it's, it's 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 drastic it's amazing right? it's amazing mm -hmm. i um but yeah i i really like going down there i actually have a cousin that lives down there um and then i actually have a few friends that live over there so any opportunity i can get to go down there i do it's just a little far from me because i'm all the way you know i'm in hollywood so yeah i know i usually have to come up to you guys yeah. um to find things but so this this question this next question i have for you is what does being Vietnamese mean to you? Whew. What does being Vietnamese mean to me? That's such a deep question. <laughs> I was asked that for the first time and I was like, no one's asked me no that before. No one's asked me that before. So, uh, um, and, and that kind of began my, my work, my, 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 my personal um, identity work. You know, I know that I still have a lot that I want to learn and I'm really excited to go back to my home country, you know, next month, um, only because I haven't been back in so long. And I feel like I've, I'm very disconnected, you know, because I live in Hollywood. I don't have any family out here. My family's all in Portland. I don't even speak my native language, really. But, you know, to me... I'm very, very grateful and, 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 for, and I feel very fortunate to be a part of the Vietnamese community, you know, only because we do have so much culture, you know, and like we've been through so much, you know, yes. to, to, to come here, you know, and, and, and be here and, and make a life, you know, like I wouldn't be here if my mom and her, my grandma, my grandpa didn't flee the country and, and they end up on a, a, a rowing boat and then end up in Iowa, out of all places. And I know that that wasn't easy, 
you know, and it still isn't easy for a lot of people who live in America who are who are struggling to to make ends meet, you know, but like I'm happy to represent for my community because I feel like I mean, I'm not obviously where I want to be, you know, in terms of my career, but I know that I'm going to get there. You know, I know that I've and made just- a lot of progress from not even being a Nepo baby. Like, I don't know anybody here, you know, when I moved. I didn't, I came, I didn't come from Hollywood royalty. I literally came, you know, to Hollywood and was like, I'm going to be an actor. And like, and I'm doing it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm really grateful and happy to be the first one in my family to take that risk and represent for my culture and my community. And I hope that, you know, more opportunities come where we can show people that we're not just one side of who we are. Cause I feel like, you know, the media does that a lot where it's like, this is what a Vietnamese person is. And this is how they are. This is what they look like. But it's like, no, that's not, that's only one dimension of us. There's so much more to us, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited to share that with people. Awesome. So, um, let just so I can get a baseline since it's been a long, long time <laughs> back to you. Um, do you consume any content, entertainment, any like what is your current like vis like idea of what Vietnam is? You know, I actually watch a lot of YouTube videos, like YouTube, like travel, like travel, yeah, like travel videos. And great right they're amazing i'm so excited to go back honestly um i just i mean the last time i was back i was like five so i don't remember much oh my God. and like now i'm going back as like a fully grown adult but i just envision vietnam being very beautiful and like peaceful and just I don't know. I I, I I have no words. I, I have no words, honestly. It's gonna this chapter, this next chapter for you is gonna be a very um it's gonna be very impactful on how you um where you go and, and, and how you take it all in. Beauty beautiful is one area in terms of if you are vacationing and going to seeing some of the um the landscapes. Um and 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 I think for our identity, I think is it is very important for American-born Vietnamese to visit Vietnam and take it all in because you know here in America we find ways to represent and and stand out. But when you go to a country where everyone around you is the, of the same uh, same identity, it it's quite surreal to be quite honest. And uh, and it made me again, like I said, this past three years this has been my. Um, I'm obsessed with this journey. It like it made me kind of really d- do a deep dive in understanding the other side because growing up, I only know from the immigrant stories because you know out of respect for the family. But like when I go out there, these these young twenty year olds, thirty year olds that are in business, like they're business professionals or they're actors or they're they're musicians, which is what I focus on. It's they have a different um, outlook in life and how they consume outside cultures and influence it into their art. So it's a it's a, it's increase is a very inspirational space because it's growing and it's a space where there's an audience that if you do happen to be in any perspective industries whether it's film whether it's sports whether it's um, business you're going to be playing you're going to be um, performing for millions of people so I wanted to bring something to your attention um, the very famous Ty Viet G from Portland, Oregon, um, with Vietnamese gang. So he's on one of the hottest television show in Vietnam what? called Rap. So let me let me kind of give you a little bit of context. So Rap Viet debuted three seasons ago, where it was from um, a uh, a TV competition show in Thailand called The Rapper, uh-huh. hugely successful. They brought it to Vietnam. Season one was a huge smash, like similar to American Idol was. And, but what, where they lost steam in season two was that they didn't, they, in season two of Rap Viet, um, they brought a bunch of established rappers to the competition and the audience saw that. They were like, this isn't, it, the season one was charming because you're finding these gems, these 
undiscovered artist and to an American Vietnamese watching it, you're like, what the hell? Rap is like this now? It's super cool. I didn't so know that. They took, a year, they took a year break and um, they brought in to be one of the mentors coach, similar to what you see here in America. Um, and they brought Thai Viet G. And Good for the him. Reference, reference they made to him, and, and this was really this was really dope, was um, all the judges said, because they're all in their 20s and 30s over there, and Thai is 40. They're like, we grew up, our first, our our our, our first artist that we heard that is um, Vietnamese in the rap genre was you. So they had this huge like. Everyone threw up the, the the Vietnamese gang, and it was like all these little 19, 20 year olds doing that. It was it was really um, a cool moment because he he to me represents my identity because I'm you know an American American Vietnamese, and to see him being on a TV program where he's struggling to also speak fluent Vietnamese, but he says, you know, I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to like I'm going to do Vietlish to the fullest. Um, they've he's become quite popular. So they're on episode three as of right now. I will send you the link so you can oh watch God, it because yeah, you're going back to. to it. Uh, there, there's season premiere did 4.5 million views on in 24 what? hours on YouTube, and in the in the nation it did probably 20 to 30 million views. So it's it it it's an it's an extremely popular TV program. Mm -hmm. uh, I also happen to be uh, uh, blessed with signing on to become a segment producer for Vietnam Idol. So that wow. just happened literally. So Vietnam Idol, why, why I'm bringing that up is there's this season of Vietnam Idol, which was on a seven-year hiatus, they um, wanted to incorporate the Vietnamese Americans into their program. Mm -hmm. So one of the audition cities is going to be here in Orange County. So I get the opportunity to direct the um, the, the, the audition um, episode here in the States. And um, three con contestants will, uh, will be able to be competing in the national um, competition in Vietnam Idol. So this is also one of those bridging the gap between the, the Vietnamese from the motherland and the Vietnamese from the, from the uh, overseas community. So I'm blessed because of my platform, VQ Media, um, they approached me and said, you are the perfect bridge for this project. That is so amazing, Johnny. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So it's very important for me through my podcast program to continue to interview and share these different stories um, and, 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 and to interview um, uh, talent and artists like yourself, because I, 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 I love telling stories, but I also want to, I feel like I can share with you so much of what, since you're going back to Vietnam, so much of what to expect and what you would have never known to expect going into Saigon and, um, and all this other surrounding uh, cities out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, you know, go back to my roots. I really am. It's been a really long time and I, I, I have felt very disconnected. So how long are you going to be out there? Uh, three weeks, but I think we're also going to Korea and we're also going to Tokyo. So okay. have, have a great time for sure. Um, kind of to wrap things up. Is there what what's in store for you next besides the trip to Vietnam? Do you have any notable projects or anything in the works that you would like to share? Um. Not that I can say, but, um, you know, right now I've just been writing. I've been doing a lot of writing, um, trying to work on my own stuff again, because we're not all just one dimensional, you know. Um, but yeah, just writing, just writing a lot. We are on strike right now, so there's not really much going on. <laughs> I, I interviewed a, um, a writer a couple of episodes back and yeah, the, she she shed a lot of light into the strike itself, and also um, just a lot of the misconceptions that screenwriters make a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the same with actors too. Just because of this whole streaming thing that has happened in the last ten years, um, you know, the actors might we might be going on strike as well. We just got authorized to go on strike if we don't meet a new deal. 
by the end of the month. So perfect time to go to Asia. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and there's a lot of cool things to do. It will be rainy. So I will um, let you know that. Okay. Um, be prepared. Uh, and when it rains in Asia, it it rains. Right. Um, but the food is going to be amazing. Um, it's easy for us Americans to kind of go back there and navigate through um, uh, through the country now than it used to be. So for sure, after the podcast, I'll give you some. Oh tips. my god! Thank you so much. Absolutely. So once again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, it's been a great conversation. I think we went a, a little bit over, but I think uh, a conversation naturally kind of went in a really cool direction. Um, I wish you the best in um, your, your your next chapter in your career. And I will definitely be checking out and binge. Forget watching it. I'm just going to binge it because that's how I binged the first series. I just went through it all. And uh, I'm going to recall those um, moments that we talked about um, all your particular specific Amazing. In preparation. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> awesome. All right. Bye.